0: Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or are notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi, 1250 AM. Thank you for joining us this morning on Immigration with Tamina, where the next half an hour will be all about immigration. And if you joined us on Facebook Live, you can see me, but you can also see my dear friend, Kuvu, who's the director of the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs, who's doing such amazing things that I cannot wait to tell you all about it. and hear from her. So welcome for, uh, to the show. If you've joined us on uh, the radio, thank you for being here. You can also live stream at wwwc 1250 amcom And if you have an app, of course, you will be able to hear us much clearly on that as well. We really have so much to talk about with Ku that I really want to dive into it as quickly as we can. But a couple of updates. Um, number one, uh, if you haven't signed up to our Facebook page, that launched a couple of weeks ago please do it's on uh, Facebook immigration with Tamina radio show uh, we have almost close to 3,000 followers already that's amazing thank you to all of you who have have joined us there so you can get all news updates and and um, All the content from the radio in one spot. Um, H1B season has begun in earnest. Deadline is April 1st. Please make sure that if you are a student, you've got an employer. If an employer that you are going to apply for somebody, April 1st is your deadline, but the work must start immediately. And big news, uh, as all my readers from my blog, all my listeners from the show will know that startup visa, anything related to immigration and entrepreneurship has been my absolute pet passion and it has all culminated in the final rule for the international entrepreneur parole to be issued and that was out on Friday the 13th and it's actually officially published today. Uh, if you want to have uh, an update on that particular rule, it's on our blog already please go and look at that and I will post it on the Facebook page for the radio show later today. And I have to say, uh, I had a very special moment this morning. Um, there was a teleconference from the White House and Tom Khalil who is the director of um, the Office of Science and Technology Policy, policy gave me a big shout out And, um, you know, very, very proud of that moment because it's been years of working on this particular policy. And it was wonderful to get that public um, acknowledgement. So um, you may remember, uh, and I'm really going to dive into this. We have been talking about the work that the Immigrant and uh, Refugee Affairs has been doing in the city for for as long as you've been around and our show has been around for about almost 18 months you know we're talking about what you do almost all the time (laughs) and you know it's such an amazing service for the city for the immigrant community here and really you're leading the way in the nation for everything that you're doing. Um, So I I normally do a little bit of an ad for the 20th clinic but you know you're here so I'm not going to waste that 30 seconds. Um, Before I dive into talking with you about what the um, office is doing and what's happening in the coming days and weeks, um, I want to introduce the listeners to you a little bit. Sure. So Khufu came to the United States with her family in 1975 as a Vietnam, Vietnam War refugee. As director, Koo is tasked to ensure the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs follows through with its stated mission of improving the lives of Seattle's immigrant and refugee residents and that Seattle continues to be a leading city for immigrant integration. Koo has over 12 years of experience working on immigrant and refugee issues as an advocate, organizer, and nonprofit founder, and an executive. As Immigration Campaign Manager for S.E. IU Service Employees International Union, who helped the organization earn its reputation as the most effective union on comprehensive immigration reform. CU also co-founded Mi Familia Vota and Mi Familia Vota Education Fund, both national organizations dedicated to improving Latino immigrant civic engagements. Learn more about her at our on our blog post on Immigration Lawyers uh, in as well as the um, Oira website. Welcome Welcome, Cook. Thank you so much for being here. Such an honor.
1: Oh, it's my honor to meet I know we've talked a lot about this so it's really uh, a pleasure to be here with you
0: well I am so glad that our listeners and actually viewers get to see you because they know your name yeah. and <laughs> they know the work you're doing but this is just you know one-on-one and it's just a privilege for everybody um, we have so much to talk about but you I want to I sort of want to go in stages about how we got here today and what's coming up on the on the 20th so you have been uh, an app absolute strong voice on immigration reform over the years. Why has immigration been such an important subject matter to you? Uh,
1: the, for a big reason is obviously you've, you've just uh, included in uh, my background is that I am an immigrant, a, a refugee um, from Vietnam. And that experience more than anything has formed the core of who I am um, from very early experiences on when I had to interpret for my mom as a five and six year old. Um, and back then in, 19, in the 1970s, uh, there were social safety nets, and uh, I would accompany my mom to the state agencies and uh, fill out, help her fill out forms and um, speak to her in Vietnamese, uh, interpret for her what I was hearing these uh, case managers explain to me in english and then <clears throat> through my teenage years working in the strawberry fields in just outside Olympia, where we grew up and resettled, um, and looking up um, after what I remember now is backbreaking work. But you know, when you're 14, you can do anything for hours. Um, and there was, at that age, some element of fun. And every three strawberries, I would put inside the the. Uh, container I probably ate five and it would take me a lot longer than these elderly women who were so fast and they probably earned t- double what I could do in in a full day's work but I remember these moments when I would look up and I would look around the field and it was all Vietnamese people and um, the people driving the trucks, the people loading the crates up onto those trucks were white people and it just dawned on me that you know it was there's, there's something to this experience that I'm having right now um, where I see myself um, in this narrative and then others who look different at me in a different role. And as I uh, progressed uh, through my college years and went on to graduate school, um, I heard about this story about this high school student who started a food bank in the garage of his house. And it was all about doing public service and the guy the reporter asked what do you want to do uh, what do you want to study and he said public policy i thought oh that's what i'm going to do then <laughs> so that took me all the way across to uh the east coast and california and then in washington dc where 20 years i've been working on various civil rights issues but the bulk of that time really around um, workers and and then more specifically around immigrants so for all those reasons um I trace it back to those core experiences when I was a little girl helping my mom um, figure out her way in the world.
0: You know uh, the imagery that you conjured up. I'm almost envisioning an Amy Tan book <laughs> that I'm reading. I mean, just the the fields there and all the work yeah. you're doing. How amazing! Yeah, but you know that's
1: that's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the story that we often refer to as the the American Dream, right? Mm-hmm. And people have the opportunity to pursue that dream, um, uh, I think they are the best advocates for patriotism um, and citizenship, and uh, that's one of the things I get excited about through the work that we do.
0: And and it shows. Um, I'm going to take just a moment to tell our listeners and viewers out there that this is not something you talk about much or it's not out there, but you went to Yale University.
1: I went to Columbia.
0: Columbia and <laughs> Columbia.
1: The, d- the, other the other way, right? Oh, wow.
0: I mean, amazing. You came here as a refugee, as a child, and you went all the way yeah. to Columbia and you did public policy there.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I think one of the, the, the things that makes me an effective public servant is, Um, I know, and I've mentioned this to different audiences, I know the stigma of food stamps um, and the debate during those years um, about um, welfare mothers being lazy and that stuff, it never resonated for me because my mother was on welfare, our family was on welfare, and we were not lazy. And uh, so knowing the stigma, the social stigma that comes with being a poor family, coming from, uh, really, when we arrived here in this family, we, had, we only arrived with the clothes on our backs and a, a plastic bag of black and white family photos, which are the only photos I have uh, about my uh, my father who we lost during the war. And going through those schools, because um, in our family, we really pressed upon the importance of education, and that just kind of led me. So there's, there's um, something very... Uh, great about uh, a country that will allow you to aspire to your your greatest ambitions, and I'm very lucky um, that Because of a very brave decision uh, Our family ended up here because we very well could have been stuck in Vietnam.
0: Yeah Well, it's lucky for us that you're here and you're doing what you're doing um, as the director uh, overseeing an important office in our city, the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs. Why is this office important in your view?
1: It's incredibly important because uh, the people that this office serves, immigrants and refugees in this city, often don't have the ability to speak for themselves and to act in ways that advocate for their interests. And we need an office with a a mayor um, and a director and staff who really fundamentally understand why it's important for us to make sure that uh, everybody, regardless of their immigration status, regardless of the language they they speak, have an opportunity to live a healthy, productive life. And so that's what we do. And um, without that, uh, I I think uh, it it would be very difficult for, for folks to... Uh, be able to articulate the things that they need and Seattle is unique in that we are one of maybe uh, I think 17 or 18 cities around the country that have a freestanding Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs sometimes they're called Immigrant Affairs um, uh, more specifically Um, and and so I think that's a reflection that uh, we really understand how important it is to have these issues uh, staffed and resourced, uh, because without that, um, it gets absorbed into the crisis of the day, and it's very difficult to pull out those things that that these vulnerable communities need.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think, you know, the the people are coming to you, you are helping them, not only with just immigration issues, but just settling and integrating in the community, is that right? That's right. Mm -hmm. So, um, what do you see the role for your office, in the next four years? (laughs)
1: Um, Well, let me say this. Our work is now more important than ever. We know because um, we've just experienced um, a whole new level of anti-immigrant rhetoric that uh, even in the decade plus that I've been working on these issues, um, it feels a lot of people are just scared. uh, And the future seems uncertain, And in the face of that, I think the best thing that we can do is just to keep what we're doing now, just uh, with our ears to the ground, understand what uh, people in the community need, and then be responsive. So after the elections, we had a meeting um, with folks. Uh, This is after the mayor uh, had a press conference, and he very clearly said that Seattle would continue to be a sanctuary and welcoming city.
0: And he was the first mayor to make that announcement, right?
1: That's right. That's right. And and. Um, we quickly then uh, met with community members to understand what are you seeing, uh, what do you need, and we heard that legal services were absolutely a urgent need right now because uh, people were envisioning some of the worst-case scenarios, which could be, for example, somebody gets deported or detained. And then uh, because most uh immigrant families are of mixed status. I remember the figure being about 85%. So you've got a situation where you know, almost uh, a majority, or more than a supermajority of of families have somebody who is a citizen who may be also be uh, another member who may be a permanent resident and another member who may be here without authorization. Um, And in the face of that, uh, people were fearful that uh, they could be separated. And as some of the rhetoric that we've heard, there has been no distinction really between um, which immigrants are the target of uh, these uh, calls for mass deportation. So whether you're here without authorization, you're here legally, it doesn't matter. It feels like you're being targeted, mm-hmm. um, and so we have uh, really tried to understand then and worked with. You and uh, colleagues in the uh, American Immigration Lawyers Association, the Northwest Immigrant Rights Project, Colectiva, uh, Legal del Pueblo, um, a host of uh, community organizations that have been doing this work for a long time. And so we're pulling that all together into a series of services and events that we want to offer uh, for free for folks who need them.
0: When is it going to be?
1: So the first one coming up is January 20th.
0: Yay! That's <laughs> our protest! <laughs> <laughs> this Friday,
1: and you know, that's not a coincidence. The, the, I, I haven't told very many people this story, but I'll share with you that um, shortly after the mayor made his declaration that Seattle will be a sanctuary welcoming city, we sent out a call for volunteers. To help on our uh, with our December 4th naturalization workshop, and we had had one in mid October, and we had about uh, 170, 180, uh, almost 200 volunteers registered. I know about
0: those, both of those. <laughs> and
1: uh, after we sent that email out um, after the election, asking for volunteers for the December 4th workshop, within five days that number went up to almost to, to over 500. Wow and I texted uh, or sent an email to the, the mayor telling him this and he wrote back and he said we should do this on January 20th
0: wow wow
1: <laughs> and I was like yes. what? But, but mayor this is like six weeks away <laughs> and there's a holiday break in between <laughs> um, you know this administration has shown this mayor has shown that um, there's w- we don't deal with small ideas we deal with big ideas because we face big problems and so we embrace that and um, voila You've got this event, the first time that the city's ever offered this. um, And uh, our goal is to serve up to 1,000 people. We don't know what we're going to get that day, so it's a little bit of a a guesswork, but we're excited.
0: Explain to the the listeners uh, and viewers, uh, what are you expecting to do? Normally, these legal clinics are free Citizenship Day clinics, but you are expanding it to a whole lot of other services. That's right. So why don't we list those out?
1: Yes, and the reason we're doing that, uh, if I may add, is because we heard from the community that um, they are fearful about uh, what's going to happen to their families, so we needed to add family lock um, services. People were fearful about and wanted information about what to do and if ICE comes through their door, uh, and uh, what are their rights uh, in those scenarios. And so there will be a Know Your Rights trainings, which um, some organizations have offered. Uh, and they've been oversubscribed. So there's a huge demand for this. Uh, obviously, we'll have the naturalization workshops and then um, the consultations with immigration lawyers to help people understand what their options are. Uh, and there are some visas, as you know, because this is your practice, that they may have a legal path to to residency here, uh, but oftentimes it takes a lawyer and telling their story and their situation to be able to figure out what that is.
0: Well, you know, I, I, listeners and viewers, I'm going to be volunteering like I did in the past, and I'm very excited. I feel like if I don't volunteer, I will be missing out. Not, <laughs> not the people and not the office, but I will miss out, and I feel sure. like a lot of my colleagues feel the same way. Sure. So just to list up, the three services are going to be Know Your Rights training for families with family lawyers, Mm-hmm. And various local organizations, uh, the naturalization clinic, where people will get free uh, assistance in c- whether they can qualify f- for citizenship and helping them fill out forms. That's right. And uh, consultations for immigration with immigration lawyers about right. whether they have any options or not. Yeah,
1: and we will have uh, city and county um, information and resources available to people, and providing. Uh, programs that they may be people may be eligible for for example utility discounts uh, or uh, discounted transit cards and all of those things I think uh, will be important for folks and we want to create a day where people feel that they're welcome and they're getting the services and information they need
0: you know it would be very helpful for me to have a list yeah that I could tell listeners what they could get because i don't know if people know okay unless you go to something like this and you say oh i didn't know i could qualify for. i'd be
1: happy to provide that too
0: i think that would be that would be very helpful so if um how do how do people get there where is it going to be
1: it's going to be at mccall hall um and i had never been there before because mccall hall is the grandest venue in seattle this is where the nutcracker is performed and operas And when the Seattle Center staff, who are the event experts in the city, big shout-out to them, by the way, just been tremendous to work with, um, suggested McCall Hall. We we were thinking the dungeon of, you know, the bowels of Key Arena, Mm -hmm. and they steered us away from that. And um, when they suggested McCall Hall, I thought, really? Is that uh, a a large enough venue or or a a relevant venue? And it turns out that it is. And we appreciate the symbolism of that, Mm -hmm. that – the nicest venue in the city is going to welcome some of our most vulnerable residents. So that will be uh, at McCall Hall on Seattle Center Campus, and there's free parking at Mercer Street Garage.
0: Fantastic. And what time do people turn up? Uh,
1: The first, uh, you can begin registration for the citizenship uh, services at noon, and then uh, throughout the day, uh, the New Year rights trainings will be available at 3, 5, and 7 p.m., and the family consultations will be available uh, for people as they register and registration opens up at noon.
0: And so people can't register in advance like today if they nope. wanted to? Okay. And
1: I, I forgot to add almost that the Mexican consulate um, will be there providing consulate services.
0: Oh, fantastic. So is there going to be language um, assistance? A lot of people have That's to right. say, okay, there will be what language? All of them? Or?
1: Yeah, we've, we've had success recruiting. So um, and I'm probably going to forget but I will try Spanish, Vietnamese, uh Chinese, uh Tagalog, Korean, Russian, um what else? Um uh, South
0: Asian languages. Somali,
1: Tigrinya, Amharic. Um uh, yes, uh H- I don't know Hindi? if anybody
0: any Hindi? If
1: we can find volunteers. Listeners,
0: viewers <laughs> from this e- community, <laughs> if you want to volunteer and offer your language services, now's your moment. Please contact KU at the, what's your email address or what's the contact information?
1: Uh, you, can c- you can email me at uh, cuc.vu at seattle.gov.
0: If you want to volunteer, honestly, this is a fantastic opportunity to help the community. Uh, there will be 1,100 volunteers, right? Yep. You could be one of them offering your language services, help our community, the Desi community, with whatever uh, South Asian language that you can provide. So please, please contact uh, the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs. Um, you know, what do people need to bring with them? If they, anything.
1: They, uh, for most of those services, they just need their ID. Uh, because, to, for example, to enroll in those um, uh, City of Seattle services that I mentioned, like utility discounts, you need a driver's license um, to verify your, 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 yourself. And then if you're going to apply for naturalization, you need to bring your green card. Um, and so those are some of the basic documents that, that, that people should bring. There's more information on our website if people go to uh, seattle.gov backslash oira.
0: Okay. Well, uh, you know, it's I, w- I could talk to you all day, by the way, <laughs> uh, but we only have a couple of minutes left. Um, any final parting words for our, our listeners and viewers?
1: I think this is a moment uh, when we get to stand together as one community, as one Seattle, and to make clear that um, this city is uh, a welcoming city. And I'm, I'm very proud of that and I'm really so happy to have an opportunity to work with you.
0: I, I'm the one who's honored to work with you, but I'm also honored that you're here. You're so busy. Listeners, viewers, honestly, we are very privileged that she's here in person. Uh, a huge thank you from us, from the listeners, and from the radio station for being here. And I look forward to working with you more and having you here again. Thank you, Tamina. Well, listeners, viewers, we're running out of time, I'm afraid. You heard it right here, January 20th. The registration will begin um, at 12 o'clock at McCaw Hall. You will have assistance for know your rights training, um, citizenship applications, and consultations with immigration lawyers. And yours truly, Tamina Watson, will be there uh, with a lot of my colleagues from the American Immigration Lawyers Association. Uh, There will be city and county information on what you can Uh, what kind of assistance you can get, there will be utility uh, discounted, how you can get discounted utility services, discounted transit cards, the Mexican consulate will be there, uh, and a lot more. So please register, please tell your friends and family if they need help. And if you can uh, volunteer your language services, that will be immensely helpful. Uh, any of the South Asian languages, Hindi, particularly because that's the largest, uh, the language that's spoken by the largest of um, the portion of our community, but anything else that you can offer, please, please attend and volunteer. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Tamina uh, on Immigration with Tamina on DESI 1250 AM, please check out our blog post on the International Entrepreneur Rule um, on uh, the event that's coming up on the 20th, and we will be here next week. Thank you so much, viewers, for joining us here. Bye-bye and take care. (laughs)